Tune in to The Manifesto, hosted by Emily Wheaton, Logan Cook, and Logan Bishop. The Political Science Society's new radio cast. Catch us on local 107.3 FM and wherever you find podcasts. Hello, and welcome to episode four of The Manifesto Podcast. My name's Logan, and today my guest is Kate Rogers, the mayor of Fredericton. Hi, Kate. Hello. So, Fredericton is, the, what, the third largest city in the province, but it has been growing very fast. I see between 2016 and 2021, Fredericton gained 4,500 people. How is the city planning to keep up with that population growth? And we're about to, uh, through local governance reform, we're capturing more residents again, over 4,000 residents again. So, okay. Um, uh, well, we one of the ways we keep up with it is just acknowledging it's occurring and trying to plan for it we have a very robust planning department um and so we're always we're looking at projections we're looking at at uh, what lies ahead and trying to to adapt and work with our in particularly so um even when i ran during the election and i looked at that growth and i looked ahead at growth to come I, it occurred to me that the real challenge was in ensuring all those folks had housing mm-hmm. and that they all had access to primary health care because without those two things a person really cannot uh, successfully exist in in a community so um i chair the affordable housing committee and so we always have our eye on housing we did a needs assessment, developed a strategy. We're hiring a housing specialist who will be uh, responsible for ensuring housing for all. So that is one thing that we have done. Similarly, we're working very closely with um, the province and uh, the health, um, the networks to ensure uh, that Fredericton is at the table as, as primary health caregivers are being recruited to the area we have um Fredericton is at an even greater disadvantage than many areas of the province when it comes to primary health care provision. So we're uh, we're working closely. Typically, municipalities say that's the job of the province, but I, my council and I feel that it's important that we insert ourselves and be at the table to ensure that Fredericton's not forgotten and that we and that we do whatever we can help, whatever we can do to help. Uh, to recruit uh, healthcare workers to this region. We want to be there. We want to be a very helpful partner. So we're doing that. So that, I guess, that's a very long response to how it is that we're responding to the growth that our city is seeing. So I, I do want to talk about housing. It's There's a housing crisis affecting the whole province, no matter if it's the city or rural community. What is right. what is Fredericton doing to make sure that there is enough housing, especially affordable housing, so that no one has to live on the streets? I guess I sort of just, I, maybe I preempted this question. I'm sorry, Logan. I but we uh, we saw the the crisis happening. We were we knew that it was that it was coming, and so we responded through doing a needs assessment and, and a strategy. As I mentioned, developing a strategy, we're hiring a person um, who is going to be responsible for that file. But in the strategy, there it's a one year action plan. So governments and look, I've been involved in this world for a really long time. And I have to say, nothing frustrates me more than saying, we've done a study, we developed a strategy, we have a report, look at our report. I don't, I wanted it to be very much a living document. So mm-hmm. out of the strategy, we developed a one-year action plan and we're moving on that action plan right now. It's budget season for municipalities. 
So, and I always say, you want to know what I care about, look at what I spend my money on. And uh, so we're committing money to the um, implementation of that strategy. And one is uh, the hiring of a housing specialist. Another is looking at how we can make land available to nonprofit developers who, who want to uh, develop sort of workforce housing and or supportive housing. Um, we are uh, looking within our own uh, zoning bylaws and um, and seeing what it is, what we can do within. So uh, the bylaws, that sort of our legislation is a municipality. Our legislation is bylaws. So we're looking within our bylaws to see how we can make um, and sort of incentivize more housing in general um, and remove some restrictions, but also ensure that restrictions that are in place that safeguard uh, housing are, are enforced, such as I think if we have a zoning bylaw about um, multiple um, about sort of short-term residency. And so in the city's bylaw, if a person lives in the building, they can rent out rooms in rooms or spaces in their building um, on a short-term basis. That is a permissive bylaw, but what is happening is people are doing that, are um, taking advantage of that, and even when they don't live in the residence, they are renting out these rooms as short-term rentals, and Mm -hmm. we're seeing some apartments being converted to commercial short-term rentals, so we have to sort of look at our bylaws to ensure that that isn't occurring. Um, or at the very least, if it is occurring, that it's a regulated industry, because what's happening now is a lot of those units that are being transformed to short-term rentals, we still think that they're part of the housing stock. If Because it's an unregulated industry, we're not uh, we're not able to track it. We're thinking that we have it, them in their housing stock, but in fact we don't. They're being used as sh- commercial short-term rentals. So we have to use our own bylaw structure and our zoning bylaws, but also our bylaw structure to ensure that we're optimizing housing for everyone. So that is something else that we're doing, and also just working very closely with the feds and the province on uh, on funding opportunities for developing different types of housing. They, I saw an article, I think, from the CBC recently that the city has announced a location for the new Performing Arts Center. Mm-hmm. Why does the city feel like it is there, there needs to be a new Performing Arts Center to replace the, the Playhouse? Well, there was so much work has been done, so much analysis was done on um, the existing uh, Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think the whole originally, and I will say this, uh, this has gone back over 10 years but um or about 10 years and it, it initially what was happening was the city was doing feasibility studies on all of its buildings and everything that it owned um and when we did the feasibility on the performing arts center it revealed first it was by far the most extensive building that the city operates that extensive renovations were required to bring it up to code mm-hmm. and as soon as you began doing those renovations it was going to significantly um decrease the number of seats available for um, audience so it became so then when we did more investigative work it became obvious it was actually more financially feasible to build new than to renovate and in building new we were also then able to build something that responds to our population of 2022 versus the population of like 1960 right so Mm -hmm. um not only has the city grown, but it is in, it is enhanced in diversity and so different types of performances. And people use performing arts centers in different ways than they did, again, 60 years ago, right? So, um, so the decision was made to build, but then it was how could we do it in a very 
you know, uh, financially responsible way so that, you know, we were like really being responsible to our taxpayers. So we really wanted to optimize the project. And so after many, many years, I'm very happy to say that uh, we have secured the site. We are doing the preliminary designs and um, hope to break ground next year. Another article from the CBC came out semi-recently that the city wants to spend $1.3 million on four more cops and pipe for security. Why does the city feel like it needs to have more cops in private security? Um, so really what's happened, again, growing. We are growing and our police force hasn't been growing with our size. So okay. when you consider the increase in population, the ratio um, of, of police to, to residents, um, you know, we need to make improvements there. Similarly, we're experiencing very, very unfortunately... Uh, Fredericton, like cities across North America, is um, is experiencing people who, you know, there are folks who aren't receiving the proper sort of mental health, addiction, trauma treatment that mm-hmm. they require, and as a result, uh, they're they are living in our streets literally, and um, and it's not safe for them. It's um, it's it's changing the nature of of. Uh, of the the downtown experience, or the or uh, or I would say the neighborhood experience, the mm-hmm. business Frederick to North. That's another. It's changing that experience for everyone. So I think the sense is, um, for one, we need more police officers to address crime, and uh, and certain types of crime we're seeing throughout the city. Uh, you know, more like vandalism and um, break and enter. Not. Uh, not like breaking into, like say, breaking into garages or breaking into cars or like that kind mm-hmm. of uh, criminal activity. So we're seeing that. So we need police to, to we need more police to devote themselves to that. What we are experiencing with um, sort of community safety and people living, um, you know, living in the, um, the streets and also some of the like I would say the graffiti or some of the the crime that would happen in, in commercial areas. Uh, I, actually, that's not. I'm not going to say crime because crime is policing. But I would say some of the community safety issues that we're experiencing. There was a feeling that we could address that. We don't need police with guns and mm-hmm. tasers and all of that to to address sort of general community safety. So the feeling is, what if we um, develop sort of some community develop a sort of a community safety strategy? It's being done in other communities across Canada to success. Um, so it's sort of so that's so we're taking that approach. People's we're hearing constantly. I've been on council for ten years, and I've never heard from so many people that they're really feeling their safety is being undermined, whether it be in their neighborhoods, whether it be, like I say, when they're downtown, or whether it be when they're walking on the trails. Um, and so with the walking on the trails, sometimes it's people violating, you know, motor vehicle. <laughs> um, uh, regulations. So it's a myriad. There's so many different. The dynamic is shifting. We're get, we're growing as a city. The dynamic is shifting significantly, and we need to. And the only thing that cities have to address these challenges is our is through public safety. So in some ways, it needs to be done with with police officers, and in some ways, it just needs to be done with, like I say, community enforcement officers. Who um, often it will be connecting people to services, or it will be um, encouraging people to um, uh, traffic safety on our trails. Like you know, they'll address that in ways that are 
that are not the way that you would address criminal activity, but rather just general um, safe practices. You you mentioned mental health is affecting this. People with mental health are who are not getting help are affecting the city. I mental health is a crisis affecting the whole province. What yes. do you, what what do you think the government the all levels of government need to do to help to give people the help that they need? Well, we need to work together because it is affecting. Uh, you know, and we know that it's a, we know it, it's affecting uh-huh. lots of different folks of different ages and backgrounds and lifestyles, you know, people are being affected. And so it, in many, many ways, so it needs to be, a, it's, it is a complex issue um, and it needs to be addressed by all levels of government, whether that be funding through the federal government at the province, it's owned at a provincial level. So the province holds all the data, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we have actually done um, is, is request that a mental health plan, we're working, the city very often works closely with community partners, um, uh, whether that be the agencies that, that, that deliver the supports or uh, mental health of the province, social development of the province, we work very closely with our partners. And to me, that's really, really important that we're all in this together. Um, but uh, we to, to address it really responsibly and comprehensively, we need access to data at a provincial level. And so we are calling on the province to make that available to us so that to identify where we need to put our focus, where's the greatest need, and then also to be able to measure once we put things in place as a community, um, and again, it won't be just the city of Fredericton doing it. We, uh, but and when we put things in place as a community, if we're making progress on those areas, so the first thing we need to do is, is um, develop an action plan for our region, and uh, and part of that action plan, like I say, is is having access to data. And I don't mean personal data. I mean more like just like numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, like how many people are we talking? What level of acuity are we talking? And then figuring out as a community how to address that and then measure our success to see if we're putting our energies in the right place. The city um, has absolutely no expertise in this area. It's not a responsibility of the city. So as such, we don't have a human resource, like we don't have human resource capacity to address it. We don't have, um, our police force does have social workers on staff, and so that is how increasingly our police force is being engaged in these activities. But it's really not their bailiwick, right? Like, it's really not their responsibility. But they're saying, look, you get us the data and you partner us up with the right agencies and community, and we're, we want to be part of the solution. So how do we address it? We address it by working together um, accessing funding where where needed and getting the data to inform our decisions. Recently, the province announced a new location for a K-5 school in Fredericton. How do you, like, how do you feel about Fredericton getting new schools and does Fredericton need a, more than just one new school? Well, Fredericton's growing and so, um, you know, the city doesn't make those decisions, district education councils and, and, um, the, the Department of Education, again, they have the data that indicates um, what's necessary, and I don't, you know, so it, um, it's really not my, it's not my place to say, to say that except for the fact that we are growing. I know that we have schools that are bursting at the seams, and mm-hmm. so uh, when the province <clears throat> says that we're due, we're very um, appreciative to be part of the decision of where the schools should go. 
um, where it should be located because we know our, you know, we're the land planners, municipalities are land use planners. And so we have, you know, the knowledge on, on, on how to best use land and optimize land for various institutions. So we're glad to be there. But as far as, as numbers and students and all that, again, that's all data that's held at the provincial level. I want to talk the the shortage of daycares is a, a big problem in the province. I've seen reports from like the CBC talking about how people have to quit their jobs to look after their kids because they can't find daycares. What does the government, in conjunction with the city, need to do to to fix the daycare crisis and give more daycare spots? Right. So again, um, I, I it's a kind of a similar. It's definitely we're crisis there's you know i listen to the news reports just like everybody else and um and i see the challenges that are occurring and our role in that would be working with working with the province or using working with people who want to build daycares to help them find an optimal location so what is the best land um that is available for them to do that so that's again that where the land use people that's the role the municipalities play in that we don't have we don't deliver education. We don't have expertise in education at the early childhood or, um, you know, the early childhood or at, uh, or, you know, the education, the school age um, population. So that, but we would be very helpful. We know that there is a need certainly for early childhood spaces. And so we're happy to help where we can. You were the first woman to ever be elected mayor of Fredericton. Can you tell us about that experience and the breakthrough that you made? Oh, I missed the first part of your question. What was that? Oh, sorry. Uh, you were the first woman to be mayor of Fredericton. Can you yeah. tell us about that experience and like and the breakthrough that you had? Uh, well, it's been a great experience. So I've been on council for 10 years. I was very aware of what the position entailed. Uh-huh. And I wanted, and I also was aware, I think, because of my background and politics and governance, I was aware of what the city needed to fulfill. You know, we have some real objectives, and uh, we, we couldn't go it alone. We, we need to be working with other levels of government and with community, working in partnership, sort of all that collaboration that's needed to make good things happen. And I saw the opportunity for that, and, um, and I think I've brought that approach, me and, and along with my council, we have brought that approach to um, city governance mm-hmm. in, in Fredericton. But I, the experience has been very, you know, it's been very positive because, of course, I'm not there alone. There are also now, when I was on council the last term, I was the only woman. In addition to me, there are four female councillors. Um, I would say that, have, that, are, that we're all working very well together. I think the tone has shifted. It's hard to put a finger on that, but it does feel much more collaborative and communicative. And uh, it's, uh, I think it's been, it's been very positive. And as far as me becoming the first female mayor, I think it's very important that women see, have examples of other mm-hmm. women in leadership. And the fact that we've never had a woman run our city, um, I think was was indicating, sending a message to women in Fredericton that their voice, uh, that they weren't being represented at the leadership level. The fact that we didn't have enough women on council, I was the only one. You know, where our council wasn't reflecting the breakdown of our 
city mm-hmm. and it still isn't in many ways and but now from a gender perspective we're getting closer we're not there but we're getting closer so i think it was very important that um women see women in our city see women in positions of leadership at our city to know that um that their voices are that their perspectives are being represented my and, and I would say that the way that their approach, that the approach is also now being reflected at City Hall. My final question is, what what advice do you give to people who want to run for elected office? Um, work hard. <laughs> so I tell anyone who wants to run, I give advice that is given to me by the late Andy Scott. Go to, you know, try to get to as many doors as you can to find out what it is that people are caring about and thinking mm-hmm. about. It's really, it's very easy when you're a politician to get caught up in the business mm-hmm. um, and to lose touch with with the people that you represent. So I think what's most important is that you be relevant, that you have a real sense of what it is that your community cares about, that you listen and that you um, figure out a way to, to be their voice. And so I was, I would even say before I ran, I was part of the community in which, the sector in which I worked, it was a constant frustration in that sector that the city wasn't um, drawing on our sector, wasn't, uh, it was in the, I worked in the arts, I did, I was a senior administrator in the arts sector for a while, Mm -hmm. and there was great frustration that the city wasn't really, we have this very rich arts and culture, um, we're rich in arts and culture, and we were not ever talking about it, right, the city wasn't capitalizing and maximizing that, and so I was hearing it all the time, and I thought, someone just needs to go and start talking about it. So I ran for council, and I brought that voice. So I think that's anybody who cares enough to run. Um, figure out what it is that people in your community care about. Figure out how to be that voice. Work really hard. Be collaborative. Um, work with others to to, to to but most of work but always remember why you're there you're there to reflect the interests and the concerns and the voices of the people who live in your constituency in this case it's my city um, so it's it's really important that I continue to listen and to be relevant and to bring those voices forward well Mayor Rogers uh, thank you for taking time to conduct this interview with me my pleasure so well, tell me what happens with it it's being aired. It, uh, it will be on the radio station here in St. John, but I, I'm going to turn it into a podcast and I'll, I'll let you know when it, when I post it. Okay. That would be great. I would appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day.